Hello, this is Shrimp McFly. I'm Snoop Frog. And Gamabunta from Frogland, one of the most riveting new NFT projects out there. If you want to keep up with the hottest in NFTs now, but also what's going to stick around, hop into the edge of NFT often and listen up. Welcome to the Edge of NFT with your hosts, Jeff Kelly, Ethan Janney, and Josh Krieger. The podcast that brings you the top 1% of NFTs today and what will stand the test of time. We explore the nuts and bolts and the business side, and also the human element of how NFTs are changing the way we interact with the things we love. This podcast is for the dreamers, disruptors, and doers who are pumped about this ecosystem and driving where it goes next. Today's sponsored episode is brought to you by our featured collaborator, Frogland, the soon-to-be metaverse home of 10,000 generative NFT frogs. We'll be speaking with team members Snoop Frog, Gamma Bunta, and Shrimp McFly. Snoop Frog is the CEO of this rockstar team with a track record, developing emerging technologies with industry leaders such as NVIDIA, Samsung, and Mattel. Gamabunta is a research specialist and leads development and management of NFT traits, properties, and tokenomics. Shrimp McFly is a Hollywood creative director with years of experience with iconic IP that will be present throughout Frogland. Welcome to the program, folks. Thank you for having us. It's great to be here. And we're looking forward to jumping into Frogland or hopping into Frogland, I should be saying. Yes, indeed. Let's leap. Yeah, yeah let's leap into it. Absolutely. It's exciting to have you guys talking specifics about a project that's coming up that has generated a lot of buzz in the community. And we talk a lot about the macro of what's going on in NFTs. And this is a chance for us to dive really deep with guys with a lot of experience doing something cool at the edge of NFTs, specifically the edge of, of frog NFTs. So why don't we start off by asking the question, what is Fragland? What's this all about? Thank you. It's a great question. Uh, there's never, never been anything like this before. So it's a good question to be asking. Frogland is a generative sale, as we've touched upon, uh, 10,000 frogs that will ultimately bootstrap the development of a next generation metaverse. The metaverse itself has been developed by a former AAA development team that was the flagship studio for one of the leading games consoles out there, and with uh, some incredible experience building for lots of the generation games consoles you know and love. And we realized some time ago that the NFT space is gravitating towards metaverses. Because the artists want the world to be able to demonstrate their avatars, their artwork, and their NFTs in a more immersive capacity. Uh, so you're not just scrolling through on a mobile phone. And this has drawn a lot of interest into the existing metaverses we have in the space. But in my opinion, those metaverses are the last generation metaverses, the 2017 metaverses. They're sort of the blank voids for artists to be able to demonstrate two-dimensional images, artworks, and occasional avatars here and there. But since seeing the rise in, for instance, the Bored Ape Yacht Club, a generative series of 10,000 apes, where they built this incredible community. And that community was, went on to, to dominate the NFT space and to become one of the, the most uh, sought after NFTs of this, this current wave. So we sat by and we saw, having worked with a bunch of other NFT projects, that this is a technology that's here to stay. And we saw that the metaverses, again, are now having the need for artists to pop in and to, to be able to demonstrate artwork. And that there's a lot more people needing to move into these spaces, not just the gamers from the last generation. So we saw, effectively, Port 8 Yacht Club raise a lot of money selling their NFTs, and they spent that money buying land in Sandbox, which is a very gamified, mind-block, uh, Minecraft-style world. Didn't really represent the aesthetics of their community. And so given uh, my, my track record having worked in the, in the XR space for, for a number of years, and knowing a lot of the key players in the, both the hardware and the, the software development world, 
And, and of course, now having run a few projects with some of the fine gentlemen you see on the screen with you, we realized that there's an opportunity here to bring the community together and to build a metaverse that was more in line with this current wave of IP, this current wave of generative projects. Now, in doing so, the concept of Frogland was born. The idea that we could work with, directly with the artists that created the artwork on the NFTs that had been so popular in the community and get them to help design districts suited after their aesthetics with AAA game developers. Effectively have a metaverse that was customized and designed to be a home for each and every project out there. So with that in mind, we started reaching out to, to some of our, our most favorite projects. The Guttercat Gang and the Wicked Craniums were the first two partners that we decided to connect with our game developers to build districts styled after an aesthetics. And as such, the, the Gutterville was born, the homeland of the district for the Guttercat Gang within the new Pangea metaverse. Frogland being the founding district in the center, we will have the, the Guttercat Gang to the western border. We also have the Island of Osseus, which is the district for the Wicked Craniums and for the Wicked Stallions. And that is to the south of Frogland. And again, this is a, a community center named the Boneyard, can be found at the very center, with a view that at a later stage, after the initial Frogland sale, we can continue to roll out future land sales. And those funds will then go back towards the development of the whole metaverse ecosystem itself. So there will only ever be one Frogland sale where the only way you can buy land in Frogland is by buying a frog. This is why we have the, the catchphrase, buy frog, get land. So in wow. essence, this is where it all came from and where we're going. There's a lot to unpack here on uh, on the show, but I gotta say, first, Snoop Frog, your accent is quite different than what I'm used to, and I was wondering, guys, was it Snoop's background that got you excited about this, or was it his accent? Because I'm pretty enamored by the accent, personally. A, a bit of both, <laughs> of course. It is a, definitely a charming accent, but yeah, a very impressive background, and we've had the opportunity to work with them a bit before. So we were quite excited to, to jump in and, and get this project started how we could. Snoop, you alluded to it before, man. Okay, New Pangea. What, what is New Pangea? How does it relate to this? I heard of the different components that you mentioned, but what, what's that interaction like? It's a great question. Thank you. So New Pangea is the name of this metaverse. Frogland being the first founding district of New Pangea. So imagine, imagine Frogland in the center, north, south, east, and west. We have initially four districts that will be surrounding Frogland. And in the future, as and when the community demands it, this is so important. The community must want it. We're not going to force anything down people's throats here. This is something that is going to be a space built by the community for the community. You only eat the flies when you want to eat the flies. <laughs> or you have to eat your own flies. <laughs> Just don't eat sugar. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I guess that's how we're trying to differentiate and be something different and cool from some of the other metaverses out there. This isn't a product that we're wrapping up, you know, complete and then giving over where we're saying like, hey, we're at this early stage. We want your inputs to help us make this home where everyone's collaboratively helped. I mean, that's where the best projects have come from is community collaboration in helping create their law, helping create uh, the vibe. And so that's what we're trying to do from a metaverse perspective, get community inputs ongoing and early. And sure, what's your perspective on how to create yeah. an amazing metaverse at a high level? So it's a great question. The narrative really changed when I came aboard to bring it into the noir cinema, gangster, good guy versus bad guy, cops versus robbers, um, all the things that we love about movies and narrative. And one of the challenges of Hollywood, for example, is very top down. You have a, a writer and a director that basically dictate how the story is going to work and everyone falls in line like an army. In this case, it's an army of frogs and everyone brings their own ideas with a guiding story. And the idea here is to build 
communities or to provide the tools so that new Pangea becomes a process or maybe even a cesspool of stories within their own districts. And they can draw upon all the media that inspires them to build out their own NFT project lore, their own NFT project aesthetic, and as a place to really play and grow with their fans. Very cool, man. Yeah, I could see all those tie-ins. Go ahead. Yeah, we've heard a lot of cool stuff. And in terms of, we've heard a little bit of comparisons with existing metaverses, but yeah, what ways is this one going to be different than, than other ones? Uh, what kind of vision do you have that's, that's sort of different here? Are you talking? A large emphasis on what we've been doing has really been not only the visual style of this, this new generation of metaverse, but it's been the narrative and the engagement within the space once you're in there. And this is where we brought on board some tremendous creative writing uh, experts here. And in fact, um, one gentleman who's ex LucasArts, ex, ex Disney, has been working on fleshing out the film noir narrative with Shrek. And so we have this whole notion where, for instance, the Gutter Cat Gang has been negotiated with by the notorious Frogs of Frogland to establish a deal for them to protect the Western borders in return for Frogland providing the cat with catnip. And the Wicked Cranians and their Wicked Riders in, in return for giving frogs the access to their Wicked Riders will, will be allowed access to various aspects of the Frogland district. So we're, we're fleshing out this whole narrative where the communities that start participating will be able to see this story get built out, will be able to contribute ideas. And this will be the sort of co-creation of narrative that I think is so impressive for when you start to get a lot of people in the same space at the same time, you see some really magical things happen. Right. So by buying a frog, you're not just buying a portion of land, but you're also getting a say in the development process. And as a gamer myself, someone who's, who's always strived to, to be able to participate in a game development process, to now have the option to have a lot of people effectively participate in this entire game development world, having a window into the development studio in the process from concept to completion, where if someone comes up with a good idea and the community gets behind it, we can make that a real thing. And this is why we're using world-class game developers, because these are not just indies straight out of, out of university. These guys have built one of the best-selling launch titles for one of the best-selling games consoles in the world. They really know that stuff. So the level of gamification and the level of narrative is something that you simply don't see in existing metaverses. The large-gen metaverses are blank voids for people to jump into to, 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 to walk around, but they rely on the individuals in there for any level of engagement. This is a space that you could jump in independently by yourself if you so wish and still have a lot of fun inside of. Mm -hmm. So this is the real difference. It's more adding more of a gamification element to the metaverse than the, just the metaverse itself. Yeah, as you describe it too, I know Jeff, a frog Gronkowski here, and, and I think Josh too, Vanilla Frog, and myself, Talib Frogly, have all had some experience with like comedy improv. The way you're describing it kind of makes it feel that way. It's, it's kind of like that yes and mentality and just kind of making, making a ridiculous situation, giving people things to play with from the start and saying, hey, come on, like, let's, let's play together. Like, let's have fun here and let's let loose, right? I like that. Yeah, there's nothing more fun than a cute, untrustworthy dungeon master, right? And that's all the frogs really are in this underworld. They might be smugglers, they might have uh, shady backgrounds. They're types of archetypes of, of different frogs. We're going to see bookies and fugitives, racketeers to loan sharks, going all the way to the extortionists and the smugglers and the bad actors. I have a correction here. I think you mean loan frogs. Let's yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> loan frogs sitting there in the pool waiting, waiting to jump out. But we've had a lot of fun. Loan, kind of loan for frog sharks. Maybe that's the right terminology. Frog sharks. Frog sharks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. With lasers. So... 
part of the enchanting aspect of this is frogs are fun and they're cute and, and everyone loves them, but they're mysterious and their eyes are always a little shifty. You never know where they're looking or what they're thinking or what they're doing. So we're really double downing on the empathy towards that animal, as well as pulling out as much uneasiness and absurdity at the same time. And it's the kind of the mashup that we really hope to like touch with our audience. We know there's a Burning Man community that loves NFTs. And I'm going to just lay down a prediction here that there's going to be some DMT frog hallucinogenic haven somewhere in the metaverse that these guys are going to come up with. It's got to happen, right? That component <laughs> is, a, is pretty large in this. Let's just say that making that an inspiration in both skin and tone and absurdity and, and eyes is a large component of this. And we hope that the audience responds with that. Let's just sort of take this a little bit further in terms of what things can be done in the frog land metaverse. I know, Snoop, you mentioned to me you had some conversations with the gutter cats. Are we talking about specific games that could be created where people can earn something? Are we talking about a frog audience focused music show where like a top performer comes in, dressed as a frog, like and, and there's access to like special concerts and events? Or are you sort of bringing all the different capabilities of NFTs together in this metaverse over time? Is that the goal? I mean, the way I like to think of it is what can you do with a piece of paper? It's endless, endless possibilities. You can write a book, you can draw a picture, you can, you can write a poem. There's, there's so many things you can do. And this is really what we're giving. It's a blank canvas for people to come in and to start exploring, to start developing and to start brainstorming what it is exactly they would want to do with this next generation uh, uh, environment. So I know we have a, a roadmap and an idea of what we would like to see realized, but none of this is set in stone. Everything is put to the community. And if the community says no, if the community wants to see something else, and we will get some incredible insights, even, okay, for example, um, a couple of days ago, or yesterday, even we were on with the, we're doing the Twitter spaces community chat in the Wikicranians, um, sort of, uh, evening hour. And we just started doing a Q and A with a lot of the, the, the Wikicranium holders. And they started coming up with some really, really cool ideas for how we could use the Wikicraniums, what they would like to see happen in that space. Uh, very similarly with the, the gutter cats the evening before where again, we had one of their weekly Twitter spaces. They invited us into to co-host to, to, to have a bit of a Q and A with their community. And yet again, we saw the feedback. We saw the people flowing into our Discord, throwing ideas into the individual channels that we created for them. And this is where the magic begins to happen. Because yeah, we have a wonderful idea. We have a great roadmap. We have a team that knows exactly what they're doing. But the community is really where we're going to start seeing these absolute golden nuggets coming out where we have 14 odd people working on this project at the moment between the game development and the artwork and the blockchain and everything. Well, actually probably about 17 now. So there's only so many ideas 17 people can come up with. When you get 20, 30, 40, 100,000 people throwing ideas into the mix and getting the community to vote on them and to filter the week from the chat, so to speak, we're going to get some pretty cool things evolving. The unknown unknowns, none of us here can even anticipate. And again, this is what I love so much about the emerging technology space. It's, it's the Wild West. There's no rules. There's no handbook. There's no, there's no template to follow. You just got to do it yourself. And some things will work, some things won't. But through trial and error, through working in this space and a number of other spaces and work with these ships, I think we've, we've, we've struck upon the epitome of utility, and that is community. In my mind, the best utility is having the community involved, one in the same. And I think this is really what Frogland is managing to do. It is managing to pull the community together into a shared space that is more immersive, more engaging, more entertaining than anything else that's out there so far. To add to that, in that space, what's almost certainly going to be required and needed 
are obviously bedding down and finalizing the artistic aesthetic aspects of these different districts of Gadaville, etc. And the Wicked Cranium community as well, getting those art parts in and then getting builder tools. Um, you know, because really people still very to want, uh, want to within that aesthetic of that particular district, customize things. They're going to want to be able to display uh, their NFTs, for instance, in the art district, uh, things like that. In terms of how we gamify, there's a million options where, you know, it's going to be more engagement and betting down exactly, you know, what aspects are gamified, how people can in- interact beyond, you know, building and customizing the space. And that's obviously you know, next on the roadmap. Yeah, well, we're, we're building out a series of lore and potentially NFTs attached to those lores to compound the mystery. That includes like individual rap sheets for famous notorious frogs, crime scene investigator reports, notes by lead investigators, photo snippets and evidence and confidential files and so forth. And really kind of play up that mystery, a little bit of puzzle, a little bit of narrative, a little, little bit of fun and a lot of really cool art. You know, all of these things take time and the process of building out that roadmap allows us to, and the sale of these uh, first NFTs allow us to hire the right people, build up the narrative team and kind of drop out all of those little bits into the pond sphere, into the frog land, floating papers, you know, on the, on the road of travels and you pick it up and you have a new mystery that you can, you can go and search for or some information that you can go find. Yeah, I mean, well, Trip, your background in Hollywood uh, is definitely coming out there, right? We're talking about like real character development, right? Like what you'd find in screenwriting, like really developing those characters fully. And it sounds like there are some opportunities to develop IP shows, maybe even in the future around some of these frogs or characters or the community, right? Yeah, well, how I got into this, the NFT space is my background is visual effects animation at Lucasfilm and worked with Bob Zemeckis on a few films and then got into VR, AR. And the other, Mr. Frogtree, who's not here on the call, but he's my creative partner of of 10 years. He and I have written several screenplays together. And we've had a a lot of challenges getting them off of the ground. Like, you know, Netflix, as much as they're looking for uh, content, Amazon and all these streaming services, they are still playing by the old rules where great, but who do you know? And how much control are we going to have? And oh yeah, that whole rights thing, like George Lucas figured that out long ago, like getting that, that will never happen again. The only way to do that is, is reverse engineer the system, build an ecosystem that where everybody has a piece of it. Everyone is, is building that narrative. And all we're offering is really being the dungeon masters through our experience of what makes a great narrative. And then dropping those bits in and, and seeing where the community goes with it. It's like crowdsourcing narrative design. And, and that's what's super exciting about it. And I, I think why there's this kind of filmic aspect to it and the, the NFTs will reflect that. They will be different in a lot of ways than the other NFTs you can see out there, at least the avatar style generative. Yeah, true co-creation at its core, community building and engagement. Let's talk about that at a little bit of a higher level though. When we think about partnerships and developing those to help advance what you're trying to build here. What partnerships have you formed? What are you working on? How do you form those relationships to advance Frogland? It's a, okay, so it's a lot of fun forming these partnerships. Now, I personally am a holder of the Wikipraniums, of the Gutter Cat Gangs, of the Gutter Rats and the Stallions. I, I really love the aesthetics of the styles. And this is why as, as a group, we decided to pick those two of multiple projects as the leading ones. The backstory for them ties quite nicely to being a little bit on the, the underworldy side. A little bit, uh, a little bit uh, troublesome, let's just say. 
Um, so that really, we felt we're, we're building the narrative and would give us a lot of maneuverability when we want to start fleshing those stories out. So effectively getting the first partners on board is always the hardest because again, we, we had very little to demonstrate other than some very, very cute, very cool looking notorious frogs and some, some very cool ideas and some very cool people. But they, they saw, obviously, with the background that we had both in the NFT and out of the NFT space, that we, we could effectively execute on, on these pretty interesting ideas. And so the artists started working with us, and that, that had this snowball effect, where once we then started to be able to tell people, yes, we have partnered with the GovKang, all of a sudden, hang on a minute, how do we get in on this? And the network effect started building quite quickly, where now I'm presently getting bombarded by people who have other projects saying, hey, we want to get, a, we want to get our own district in, in Frogland. But this is not our decision to make. This is the community decision to make. So ultimately, these are the sorts of things that, right, we could potentially have some new actors brought into this whole new space, this whole new stories and narrative. Is this something we want to move forward with, with this group? And again, it's where you really touch on the co-creation. It's just, it is where the magic happens. And having communities this large that are this active and this engaging is something I've never, never seen before. And I've been in the emerging tech space for, for quite some time. And I guess, like for Gamma Boat, uh, a follow-up question there is how does that make the development process more or less complicated? Having this, I guess, decentralized, autonomous team of folks that want to help you, but maybe they write code very differently than you write code. So it, it, it's, it's going to be interesting taking in that, that input. That's initially around uh, lore. Uh, we're not uh, you know, uh, at the moment you know, t- taking uh, a community code, for instance, uh, uh, in. But hopefully we, we get to that point. And I think just to add to that as well. Um, so certainly the, uh, it would be awesome if we get to the point where people can submit code and aspects of that. But really, when we say the community discussion and involvement, what we're talking about is having the game development studio available for weekly, bi-weekly conversations with the community to field questions for the Discord to be a mechanism to curate the best and to decide on the best ideas. And then we put those ideas to the development team and provided they're technically possible. Absolutely, we can make it a thing. It's, it's more that kind of level of curation rather than actually digging in and having to do the hard work yourself. We've got the professionals taking care of that so you don't have to. You just get the fun, big picture guy, do this, do that. Is that a cool idea? Community gets behind it, we'll make it happen. Yeah, I mean, usually you would go in and pitch an idea. A studio would throw some development money at it. A couple people in a room would come up with some ideas, they'd repitch it, has to go up the chain of command and finally someone, you know, green lights it. And it's very top down, as I had mentioned before. This is the other way around where we're selling the NFTs to fund the development. And by owning the NFT, you, you get a say in where it goes. However, building metaverses, building code, building stories is in a controlled environment and it's a complex process. But having a say in that in something at this scale with these level of developers and artists is uh, unprecedented and quite exciting for everyone from like an armchair moviegoer to a kid or, or someone who really wants to be driving in a, in a seat someday who's, who's directing. So I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities to put your fog, frog prints on the artwork, so to speak, when it comes out and make an impression. Yeah, so... Curious here, like specifics of some of the qualities that you're introducing into the frogs themselves, like the features of, of these things. And, and maybe even paired with that, what you've come across in your background that, you know, that helps inform how you might decide on those type of features. What are the new things that you're coming up with? What are sort of the traditional things that you're bringing into it? And how do you see that influencing, you know, what comes next? Yeah, so it pulls a lot of influences, anything from meme culture to a crime and gangster culture to noir, FBI, 
investigations. We even have an alien aspect where the opening scene is an extraterrestrial that the frogs find dead that unravel the inciting incident mystery that kicks off the narrative. So narrative design is a part of all of this and ensuring that there is enough room for being nimble and being a, an immersive game and not being too prescriptive is always where games and cinema have broken down. Like The Matrix, the game always had that challenge of like, are you dictating the story or are you playing in the game? And the metaverse is this perfect place where you can almost be involved in like a telltale style game without in a new form. Like you can make suggestions, you, ideas that you may introduce may end up being crime scenes. They may end up being storylines. They may end up just being an NFT. So all of the components of the frogs may seem disparate, random, and outlandish, but they have these kind of secret narratives involved with them. And there are certain combinations, say, for example, a particular character or inspired by a particular character that are very going to be very rare. And those particular frogs may end up being uh, gangster leaders or different ranks of the mafia, or they may just be very common everyday frogs that get swindled. So you're not quite sure what you're going to get until you start digging into the traits and what those traits represent on the narrative scale. And I got to ask those, is there like a favorite trait that you guys have? Like one that you're like, yes, that's, you know, something that uh, I'm pumped about. It's, it's so hard to pick one. I mean, they're just so, every time you see one, you see the next one and then you see the next one and every one is your favorite. I, I, I could pick, I'd say probably five, top five that are just, I mean, my God, if I could get any of those, if I managed to mint any of them, I'll be a happy bunny. The leather jacket with the crown, the one that's a little over to the left, a screen right of, uh, of Snoop there. That's a favorite. Other side. Yeah, there you go. Also, the notorious frog a little up on the left. He's got devil. Yeah, he's got some horns and some bleeding eyeballs, but he's in a suit. So each one of these has a story behind them. Not, of course, not all 10,000 of them, but that's part of the fun of it. it you, some future utility might include crafting the rap sheet of your frog. These are all just ideas that we're kicking around right now. Once we're able to release them, find out who the passionate storytellers and narrative designers and just holders are, we'll be able to take this metaverse and really attract some other NFT players that want to be in the underground with the frogs and who knows what they're smuggling. By the way, just to sort of shamelessly follow up with something Edge of NFT related, we've got a Zed Run horse, right? Purple Elf. And uh, it just so happens, what is it, the most, the 21st most popular horse on OpenSea? <laughs> so, oh, really? You know, we've got people go, we've got people going uh, to like it. And by the way, if you're listening right now, go to OpenSea and search Purple Elf and like our horse. <laughs> but also, you know, we just purchased a, a gummy bear, right, Josh? And, you know, yeah, we, could, yeah. we could set up a little narrative where the gummy bear is riding the horse around, whatever. You know, I mean, I think. Yeah, I think, let's talk. Let's yeah. talk. I mean, everything <laughs> in this world is told at this point through a Polaroid SX-70 camera. And that is the motif. And there's room in there to have other cameras. Let's think Instagram here for either future NFT releases or other storylines. But right now, this is that Polaroid that um, is supposed to be 
only a one-off. And, it, you know, if you burn it or destroy it because it's got bad material on it, you know, it's gone forever. So uh, yeah, let's talk. I'd love to integrate some of your ideas. That'd be so fun. Gamabuto, wait, we, we can't let you off the hook though. What's your favorite trait or what, what's at the top of your list? Okay, so I'd have to pick the trait category of guys. It's very unique from most projects. A lot of generative projects, you know, have different style eyes in them, et cetera. But you can only convey so much emotion and character through, you know, the, the eyes normally. Here, because frogs have such interesting eyes, it's a trait with a lot of depth, in, in my opinion, in this project. And yeah, so I'm really excited uh, to see how people uh, react to those. Well, you have very nice eyes too, by the way, I have to say. Well, thank you. <laughs> the window to the soul. Well, one last question, guys, on this segment, you know, Snoop, you've been a bit of a pioneer in AR VR and you've confessed to me that you're, you're, you, you've got your trading collecting gene as well. I'm really curious, what are the NFT platforms that exist today or maybe you'd like to see them exist that you think are changing the game outside of, of course, the collaborators you're working with on this project and your project itself? Like, let's take a step back. What do you see? out there that you really like? So I had a lot of love for Hikanuk, which is a great platform on the Tezos blockchain um, due to it being very, very efficient in gas. But the platform, unfortunately, hasn't unfolded the way I would like it to see. I still love the platform and recommend anyone to check it out. But um, that was one, one I will certainly keep an eye on. OpenSea, obviously, having, what, like 90% market share, they're doing pretty damn well. Um, I'd love to see some more innovation. I would love them to start opening up receiving uh, credit card sales and doing the processing from uh, from fiat to crypto on the back end so they pay the artists in, in, in crypto. Um, they're big enough, they could certainly do that if they wanted to. I think if they can get off their ass and do that, that would be awesome. But, but anything in this space, anyone who's innovating, anyone who's trying to, to lift the bar a little bit higher and to push this space forward and to give back to the community more than they're taking out of it in ETH, I think they're going to be, they're going to be a, a good force for, for the space. So as I said, this is the Wild West. There, there are so many things that no one's explored yet. So it's almost impossible to be able to forecast what they are. The only thing you can do is pick one, dig into it, find out as much as you can and see how you can move that one concept forward. Yeah, that's amazing, guys. The future's bright, right? And I think Frogland has a place in it. And I'm really excited to see where it goes. Thanks so much for sharing, you know, all the ins and outs of it with us. Yeah, we'd like to take a, a minute and get to know you guys a little bit more personally. And uh, we have these things called edge quick hitters, 10 questions, basically, which is a fun, quick way to accomplish that goal. You guys want to dive in and, uh, and have a little fun? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. We'd so I will uh, work my way through these questions and uh, call out the first and second person to answer them. And we'll make our way to the end. Question number one, Snoop Frog. What is the first thing you remember ever purchasing in your life? So it, it was, I was thinking about this. Uh, it, was, it was a sand rose that I managed to haggle when I was on holiday with my family in Egypt as a tiny kid. And I just had very fond memory of not having enough money and trying to persuade this, this, this market seller to sell me this really beautiful looking sand rose. And ultimately, I think because I was a, I mean, like a five, six-year-old kid or something, he ultimately agreed to do it. And I, I walked away there thinking, hey, that's pretty cool. That was worth this amount. And I got it for that amount and being quite happy with myself. <laughs> nice. Set the stage for what was to come, I think. <laughs> the born negotiator. Rip McFly. What about you, sir? Yeah. So in middle school, cinnamon sticks were really popular. And I was able to manage to get enough money to buy a pack of toothpicks and a little cinnamon bottle. And I would, I would make my own, but they were extra strong. So I was like a little dealer on the, on the, 
third grade playground with cinnamon sticks. You are also a manufacturer. That's impressive. I was, yeah, yeah. Uh, frogs don't like pointy things, but they were definitely tasty until the teacher told you to take the toothpick out of your mouth because you were running with it or something. <laughs> Gamabuto, how about you, sir? I'm pretty sure, like, the earliest thing I remember, um, buy myself magic cards. So back when I was about uh, nine, 10 years old, I, mean, I certainly had things before then, but I don't remember purchasing for myself. And uh, at, at my school, quite a few of us got, got into magic cards and it was a lot of fun constructing decks and uh, collecting and playing a- against friends. I mean, obviously at that age, your, your decks aren't very sophisticated. And, and it was probably an introduction to some really interesting, like mythic and like dark looking art as well, because I always played uh, well, pure black at that stage. So I had lots of creatures that die and regenerate and such. Again, we can see the influences, right? That's <laughs> cool. Um, we'll move on then. Question number two, we'll start with shrimp. What's the first thing you remember ever selling in your life? Outside of the sticks, which I, which I gave away, I think I was probably peddling garbage pail kids to my buddies. Well, here's what I'd do. I would either make the money from the sticks and go buy the garbage pail kids and then flip them also on the schoolyard. But they were two different crowds. So I made sure that they weren't influencing because I, if I was taken down on one side, then I'd still have the other business. Got a diversifier, right? Oh, deep strategy. Gamabuta, how about you, sir? I think Tazos. Um, I think it probably was a local thing, but like, it's kind of like, you know, pods. There's like collectible disc things. Okay. Yeah. Not Tezos, but uh, Tazos. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Tazos. <laughs> cool. He's Snoop not Frog. that young. <laughs> no, I know. Right. I know. Snoop Frog, how about you? Okay. So, um, I you not. I was about 12, 13 years old and I found you could buy land in Scotland for about 20 pounds. And with that land, it would come with a, with a title. You could become a laird. And I went to school with a bunch of rich kids and I realized I could sell that land for about 500 euros in Spain. Uh, where I'm currently living. And so I was flipping 20, 20 pound land for 500 euros to a lot of the kids at school. And sure enough, they got their lead title. One guy even managed to get it converted from lead to lord when he got his passport renewed. So everyone was happy. But that was, that was oh, I think, uh, quite apt as well, considering what's about to happen. That explains so <laughs> much. <laughs> it's all coming to land that when anyone ever actually visited. No, it's 30, it's 30 square centimeters of land in Scotland somewhere. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's what it's what you need to own to become a, a Scottish lead. So, uh, yeah, see, all the puzzles are coming together. You got the landowner over here, you got smuggler up here, and you got the game of fire down there. <laughs> I'm looking into this land after we get off this episode. Cool. So, Gamabunta, we'll start with you. Number three, what is the most recent thing you purchased? Odie. Odie Force. <laughs> I minted some from the contract earlier today. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. How bad was the gas war? I heard it was going to be horrific. Yeah, it was. I managed to get five and I paid 2.3 thousand quay to get my <laughs> transaction through. The only force probably ended up costing like 0.35, somewhere between 0.35 or 0.4 for each one. If I factor in gas costs. <laughs> Running tally of gas costs, man, can finance and education. Uh, Snoop Prague, what's the most recent thing you purchased? So it would be a piece of art from a lady called Faye Cho, who's uh, a lovely lady on, on Clubhouse who's been making some very cool, it's her, her Genesis piece, in fact, her Genesis 2 pieces, in fact, I picked up. Um, just because, again, she's been a, a tremendous person in the space, has been a huge support for anyone who asked it of her, and this was her, her very first job, so I wanted to show a level of support. She's, she's pretty cool. Nice shout out. Shrimp, how about you? Most recent thing yeah. you said? 
Uh, well, since Gambuta kind of stole my thunder there, let's just say I made a whole bunch of returns to Amazon. So I'd consider that income. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, all right. Was we'll it, that on. question is, were they things that you planned on returning when you bought them already? <laughs> yeah. I plead the frog fifth on that one. Okay, got it. <laughs> it was his neighbor's stuff. Okay, number four. Uh, Soon frog, we'll go with you. What's the most recent thing you sold? Oh, frankly, it's called an ape gang, a pixelated version of the Board Ape Yacht Club. <laughs> yeah, the fun of the Board Ape Club. And uh, I picked up a bunch of them, flipping them back and forth just for the shits and giggles. All right. Shrimp, how about you? It's not the most recent, but it's the most notable. Before getting into NFTs, I was doing FBA, Amazon FBA, and I was manufacturing my own Nerf darts. But these were specialized, like almost poison tip, hard rounds, and they would leave welts, and they're called welt welt whackers. Did pretty well on that. Yeah, that's probably the most notable thing I've... Sounds painful, but fun, (laughs) right? Buddha, how about you? Uh, Cool cat. I sold it earlier today to fund the Odie purchase. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. Bacon and <laughs> yeah, totally. Okay, let's go to question number five then. And Shrimp, I'll start with you. What is your most prized possession? Oh, you know, I had this conversation earlier, probably the red box that I built back in the day when, if you know what red boxing is or blue boxing, I'll just leave it at that. That's probably one of my most prized possessions. Wait, wait, do we have to know? I don't know what it is. Tell me. I'll be the listener that doesn't know. Yeah. It has to do with phone systems and making calls. <laughs> okay. And cinnamon sticks. <laughs> cinnamon sticks. A little bit of garbage bill cards. Yeah, we know we know where this narrative is coming from in here. <laughs> Gamabuta, how about you? Most prized possession. Other than my seed praise and ledger, probably either my PC or a ring I made myself. I don't it is a ring for your, your fingers. Uh what uh what kind of a ring? Yeah, yeah. It's a a ring for my finger. It's it's actually Packed, uh, packed away at the moment, but yeah, it's a it's a pure silver ring that, that I made. Wow, very cool. Snoop Frog, how about you, sir? So I'd say this probably in a previous life, pre NFTs, pre Frog Round, everything. It was a gadget that I put together. Um, it was the the first self contained virtual reality headset, and we demonstrated that publicly in about 2013 and 2014. And we continued to iterate for a few years until we realized self contained headsets were not the way to go. Um, but yeah, we we built a, a few very cool prototypes over that, and I'd say. Some of those prototypes would definitely be one of my, some of the fondest memories I've ever had in the tech space. Wow. Impressive. Uh, Gamabuta, number six, if you could buy anything in the world, digital, physical service and experience that's currently for sale, what would it be? Probably a trip to Japan. It's, it's been huge on my list for ages and I still haven't gone around to it. So yeah, I, I, a thorough trip of Japan. Nice. I bet that would be fun. Uh, Snoop Frog, how about you? Great frogs there. Oh, crazy. I could buy anything, physical or digital. I buy all the crypto punks. No, I buy half all the crypto punks. So let some people keep some of them. <laughs> nice. I think half are definitely for sale. Shrimp, how about you? Oh, I would definitely go with a ranch up here in like California. It's away from the fires, but someplace where I could write, build a little pond and maybe a little drug smuggling here and there <laughs> or cinnamon sticks. No, I, I, yeah, I'd, I would definitely, I would definitely do some property that's away from Hollywood. Right on. So moving on to question number seven, shrimp. If you could pass on one of your personality traits to the next generation, what would it be? This sense of discovery without being able to ask questions, there is nothing to discover. So I would always encourage people never to give up and always be curious. Yamabunta, how about you? Optimism. Yeah. 
I, I think I'm a pretty upbeat person. Uh, I think it's really helped me in a lot of things in my life. And I, I think we tend to see a lot of the problems of the world. And I think that's good. That's how we improve the world. That's why the fact that it's never good enough, etc. But to remain optimistic about what's here, where we're going, you know, keeps a good flavor in life. Agreed. Snoop, how about you? I'd say probably tenacity. I think in for anything you need to keep pushing. And I feel with, uh, with today's people don't really delay gratification much more anymore. Um, and I think you need to be able to, to really just, just keep persisting until you make something happen. Um, you've got to be relentless. You've got to keep going. Can't stop. Never be satisfied. That was, yeah, man. A lot of roadblocks out there. Got to, got to overcome them. Let's stick with you, Snoop. Number eight, if you could eliminate one of your personality traits from the next generation, what would that be? Frankie, um, probably my tendency to overthink things. <laughs> And let's Something we all simple. battle with. Don't have to yes. overthink that answer. That's Next. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gamma, how about you? Procrastination. <laughs> yeah, very easy to get distracted. There's so many cool things out there. So you're the one responsible for the delay in us getting the show notes prior to the episode. Got it. Yeah, just actually paying attention <laughs> and maybe reading something. Usually I come in I'm both like the procrastinator and the not reader and like the last minute guy that throws the brakes and the ha- and the, the handbrake turns the wheel left, skids off into the side going, wait, 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 this doesn't work after everyone made their decision and fell in love with it. So yeah, that's me. But I won't do that for a crypto project. I promise. <laughs> Helpful to know for sure. Moving on. Uh, question number nine, Gamma Bunta. What did you do just before joining us for the podcast? I caught up uh, a long call with a really good friend and I've been trying to get him into DeFi for ages. And at last, he actually didn't just listen to the theory, but he pulled up SushiSwap um, and was uh, buying some coins that I was uh, you know, pointing him to. And I, I actually got hands on. So I was really happy with that. Good friend. Shrimp, how about you? Besides burning down my neighbor's building and stealing some money from a bank, uh, no, what did I do? Well, I didn't read your show notes and I didn't bother to brush myself up on the, uh, on the Bible, but I was busy making some decisions on some key gangster attributes for our frogs. Far more important. Snoop, how about you, sir? Yeah, just spinning, spinning a million plates at the moment. So I was on Clubhouse on one channel. I was on Discord voice on the other channel. I was uh, doing a little bit of typing and I was trying to read the notes as well. So it's uh, all action stations at the moment. <laughs> nice. It goes back to focus. Yeah. <laughs> all ties together, guys. We're seeing how it works. Ashrin, last question, number 10. What are you going to do right after the podcast? Maybe my day job? No, I, who does day jobs? What am I going to do? Yeah, I, I'm going to probably enjoy the afternoon with my family. We have a brand new puppy and he is just rambunctious. He's a crypto corgi. Nice. Sounds like fun. Snoop, how about you? Um, I'm going to get some breakfast. It's 3 p.m. and I'm starving. <laughs> Perfect. Kamabunta, you sir. I, I think I'm going to go uh, jump into the Frogland Discord and, uh, and have some fun and, and maybe uh, get some coding done. Right on. Sounds great. Around the horn. Guys, thanks for indulging us there with uh, quick hitters. A lot of fun. Good to get to know you a little bit better. You know, before we break, guys, we always like to, to ask where our listeners can go to learn more about you and, of course, the projects that you're working on. And where should we direct them? Thank you. So um, we have the website of life, frogland.io. And remember, buy frog, get land. It's the only thing you need to take away from this whole podcast, in all honesty. 
Um, secondly, if you want to jump directly into the Discord and you don't want to visit the website for some strange reason, you can just go to frogland.xyz or xyz for those on this side of the pond. So we have Twitters, we have Instagrams, Twitter underscore, uh, sorry, frogland underscore io or frogland io or one word for Instagram. And um, all that information's online. So I would urge you to just jump into our Discord, let yourself be known, and uh, we can get you on the radar, get yourself a notorious frog name, and uh, keep you updated with the lovely surprises. Beautiful. Perfect. And guys, I think we, we talked about doing a, a little giveaway or something. Want to share some tidbits about it with our listeners? Indeed. So we have a Gutterrat, one of the Gutter Cats gang's uh, little friends in the, in the, the, the district that, uh, that they're going to be having in New Pangea. We'd like to offer that as a giveaway to one of your listeners. So how you determine how that's going to get distributed will be entirely down to you. Uh, but this is really to highlight and to celebrate the partnership that we have with the Guttercat Gang, with them being the first district, so the first part of the district to be setting up shop inside our uh, new Pangea metaverse. That's beautiful. And I think it's it's worth noting that, you know, the frogs are, are pretty precious, right? You got to really get into the community and join the Discord and be part of the, the minting day to get a frog. I'm sure people are like, man, why is the frog not part of the giveaway? Can you talk a little bit more about what it takes to get one of these frogs? Indeed. The, the frogs are quite coveted. And the, the, the idea being these frogs are beautiful pieces of art, but they guarantee you a plot of land in this, this founding district at the very heart of the metaverse that, in our opinion, is going to be the metaverse. So... It's a very valuable commodity, in all honesty, when you look at what, what you're actually getting with this frog. And therefore, the people who are going to be taking up residence inside Frogland specifically need to be good actors. They need to be good players. They need to be part of the community. They need to build this. They can't, I mean, in theory, they could come along for the ride, but we would much rather people who are contributing, who are, who are purchasing frogs are doing so because they want to help flesh out this new world. The, the metaverse that you have today, there's no choice in what you get to do. You do what you're told to do, or you can't do anything. And so I, I don't like that idea. And um, I think there's so much that can be done now. So jumping into the space, having this participation gives us a better idea of what you want to do. And ultimately, if you've got that killer idea that could make this, this, this metaverse a killer metaverse, I mean, that's something you'll get to claim for the rest of your life. So really, people that are going to contribute that we want. So really, in that regard, just giving away to randomers, it's not quite the, uh, the way to go. So if, if you jump into Discord, you're present, if you're active, we can, we can see who you are. We, we know. Uh, we have the analytics. We have the information, we have the technology, and you will certainly be rewarded. Yeah, we have a fantastic road right beside us, too, where we can play Frogger with the inactive frogs. <laughs> <laughs> now, get in the mix, guys. Frogland.io, amazing stuff. And keep an eye on our socials. We'll get you details uh, regarding that giveaway. Okay, well, I think we've reached the outer limit at the edge of NFTs for today. So thanks for exploring with us. We've got space for more adventures on this starship. So invite your friends and recruit some cool strangers that will make this journey all so much better. How? Go to iTunes right now, rate us and say something cool. Then go to edgeofnft.com to dive further down the rabbit hole. Want to help co-create Edge of NFT with us? Got guests you want to see on the episode, questions for hosts or guests, an NFT you'd like us to review. Drop us a line at contact at edgeofnft.com or tweet at us at edgeofnft to get in the mix. Lastly, be sure to tune in next week for some more great NFT content. Thanks again for sharing this time with us today.